Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. The Athletic. Let's talk about six, baby. Let's talk about you and me. Let's talk about all the good things and the bad things that may be. Let's talk about six. So Liverpool making a big statement with the swift capture of Darwin Nunez. And with Mane by and bound, it feels like the Reds are still in great shape to take on another campaign. So how does he fit in? Strength in all areas, including at right back where Calvin Ramsey adds another dimension. That plus how the new fixture list shapes up on today's pod. And don't forget, if you're not already a subscriber to The Athletic, you can read all the articles on Liverpool, everything on the site. If you head to theathletic.com forward slash Liverpool pod, there's a special price of a pound a month for six months at theathletic.com forward slash Liverpool pod. I'm Steve Hobbersall. Joining me on the Red Agenda today, Simon Hughes and the Mirror's David Anderson. And we've got to talk about uh, Darwin Nunez again. Big statement from uh, FSG, especially after Man City had signed Erling Haaland. Um, Simon, you, you've written on him. You've written about his path to the football club and how he's going to fit in. I've just said that a big statement. Is that how you feel? Um, I don't think Liverpool are in the business of making big statements. I, th- I think the, you know, if you look at what they've done in the past, it's always been born out of necessity. The, the sort of the deals that they've done. I think the byproduct of it is that it is a big statement because of the amounts of money that they've spent on the player. But they obviously think that he's he's going to add something that they, they don't already have. I think when we saw him for Benfica, it was quite clear that he's a different sort of player to, to some of the players that Liverpool have currently got. And, and probably, I mean, I know it's going to be framed as he's replacing Mane, but I mean, I think it's it, Diaz has replaced Mane, really. And, and Nunes will be the replacement for Firmino as a centre-forward or in competition with Jota. That's where I see him playing. I know he, he drifts out to the left and... There's a lot of damage against Liverpool around fields from that left position. Funnily enough, I was sitting next to Dave in that game, wasn't I? I just remembered now. And, um, you know, you couldn't be failed to be impressed by what he did, albeit against a team that was much changed from a Liverpool perspective. I'm just really excited by him because I, I think he gives something that Liverpool lacked towards the end of last season. I heard Robbie Fowler talking about this, and I agreed with him. I think that last towards the end of last season, Liverpool... Looked a little bit at times like they're out of puff in attacking areas, and I, I did say I did sort of feel that at the time. I wondered whether it might cost them come, come the end of the season. And I think the sort of player that they've signed is, is the sort of player that's going to get fans on the feet, uh, very direct, and give Liverpool the sort of impetus that maybe they lacked a little bit last season. I know they obviously went for the quadruple and everything else, but uh, and, and were, were outstanding. But there were just some games where it felt like it was a real struggle to get to get over the line with Liverpool. And I think that this player will give them that 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 edge that maybe they, they've lacked at times a little bit. I mean, as, as sad as it is to see Mane go, and in an ideal way, you want you want to keep him. Time does move on, and I think he'll be a different sort of player to what they've had. But in keeping with the sort of from what I've been told, the sort of the work ethic and the the eagerness to train hard, I think that's a big thing for Klopp. But while they've signed him, he's apparently a very good trainer. 
very keen to improve and learn. So, yeah, it's uh, it's an exciting sign rather than a statement sign, I'd say. Really interesting narrative this summer that City go out and buy Erling Haaland and then Liverpool go out and buy another of the great young strikers of this generation in, in Darwin Nunez. Um, and, and clearly, you would imagine these two players will have a significant say on the destination of the title at the end of the campaign, David. Well, this is it. You can almost sort of bill it, really. Is it, you know, it's a shootout between those two. Who's going to score the most goals for the respective teams, really? I think just going back a little bit, I think on, on the Liverpool situation, Manny, I think ideally look, Liverpool would have preferred Manny to stay, to sign a new deal, to, to, to sell it, to, to sign his deal as well. But that's obviously wasn't possible, Manny. And it, it looks like it, it may be difficult with Salah just for the sort of amount of money that they want that Liverpool can't necessarily pay. So I think to be fair, Liverpool have looked at the situation and says, OK, right, we've got a problem here. M- Manny wants to go you know, Baron wants um, what we're going to do. So if he goes, we definitely need to get somebody lined up. So, of course, they, they, they went out and they've got Nuneth, which then gave them the confidence to let Mane go, knowing that they had, they had Nuneth coming in. And, you know, they had the grass with Snell at some point because you had that fable front three of, you know, Mo Salah, Mane and uh, Firmino, and they're all getting old together. And as much as, we you know, the Ripple fans would love them to carry it on for another couple of years, you know, the, it's breaking up now. And so they've had to sort of react and say, OK, right, let, let's do something. Right. And so to go out and get... A 22-year-old striker is sort of, you know, one of the most coveted. You know, don't forget, everybody else wanted him. United were desperate to try and sort of sign him. Newcastle had sort of made noises. I think even West Ham as well back in January, even Southampton a year ago. So people knew about this guy. Everybody sort of wanted him. So to go out and be able to get him, and then you think at 22, potentially he could be scoring goals Liverpool for the sort of the next next 10 years. And just as you say, to bring it up, Steve, then you've got Haaland, you know, joining City. He's just an absolute goal machine, just bangs him in from all, all angles, really. And you sort of... Now, the only interesting thing about that is that City are going to have to change their style a little bit to accommodate him because, of course, with this sort of false nine they were playing last season, they were a lot more sort of fluid. In some respects, they were harder to defend against because you had different people making the forward runs, whether it was Fogue, whether it was De Bruyne, or whether it was, you know, Bernardo Silva, is now you imagine that Hallam will want to be the focal point. Hallam will want to be supplied with, you know, crosses and passes and chances, you know, to put it in the back of the net. So that'll be sort of interesting to see how that goes, whether it sort of maybe makes him a little bit like United were when they signed Van Nistelrooy all those years ago, where instead of having goals from multiple options, it all became about get the ball to Van Nistelrooy and he'll score for Isn't that like 4-5-1 they, they played then? And you sort of wonder, will, will City end up, it's all about Hal and get the ball to Haaland, or will they still want to have, you know, the goals from sort of other areas? But but certainly from Nuneth, you look, you know, as goal stats, you know, and they're just incredible, you know, uh, what was it, 26 and 28 in, in the Portuguese league? And you can say, well, look, you know, it's only Portuguese football, but, you know, Benfica didn't do that well last season. They're sort of a struggling team in terms of Portuguese leads, but he really stood out. But I think the one catch my eye was a 6 and 10 in the Champions League, and he scored against Bayern Munich. Barcelona, obviously, the both legs against Liverpool, Ajax in the um, round of last 16. So he's not a flat track bully. This is a guy who can score goals against all you know caliber of teams, really. So I think in terms of of, of reacting to Manny's departure, I don't think Liverpool could have done much better. Now, obviously, Nunes now has to hit the ground running and score the goals, but certainly in terms of potential, attitude, ability, age, you know, he ticks all the boxes really. So it'll be fascinating just to see what uh, what he can do. So the piece you've written uh, on The Athletic at the moment is, is titled Why Liverpool Signed Nuneth and How Klopp Might Switch to 4-2-3-1 to Help Him. So in terms of him fitting into this Liverpool side and the extra dimension that he offers, where are you getting at with this article? Well, Liverpool made it quite clear that they're not going to be signing a midfielder this summer. I think that's because potentially the midfielder they want to sign won't be available until next summer. I'm sure we'll talk about that in the future. 
So Nunes, as we sort of just touched on a little bit, is a different sort of player to the players that they've had in the past. And if you look at sort of the, the, the last couple of games of the season, and Klopp's spoken about it openly as well, about teams playing five at the back, like Spurs, like Wolves. Against Wolves, he, he changed the shape of the team to 4-2-3-1 in the last half an hour and got the result that he wanted in the end. Same thing happened in against uh, Real Madrid in Paris. 4-3-3 wasn't working, brought Firmino on, who actually I thought played better against Real Madrid in Paris than he did against Wolves. That said, against Wolves, he did have an impact because his mere presence freed up space for players around. So I think increasingly clubs are having a bit more joy against Liverpool with five at the back. It's, it's five at the back rather than three at the back. So Klopp, from what I've been told, speaking to people around the club, is keen to try and find a, another way of overloading that area, the pitch, so Liverpool have a numerical advantage, which is what they've enjoyed for so long now. And one way of doing that would be to play, you know, go with a 4-2-3-1, which he played a lot at Borussia Dortmund's. He hasn't, he's had not to at Liverpool at the beginning, I was told, because he thought that 4-3-3 was easier to implement in terms of the pressing strategy that he wanted than 4-2-3-1 at the beginning. And then, you know, the team settled and evolved that way. Whereas now there's need for an extra man. So if you think about it, Liverpool, if it's 4-2-3-1, there's essentially four attacking players and then the two full-backs. So you're potentially going to get be getting six players overloading in the attacking areas rather than five. So it becomes a bit of a numbers game, really. So Nunes' quality, really, is, is getting up against alongside the defender and going one-to-one and very, very much enjoys the physical battle. That'll allow Liverpool to push the game much higher up the pitch than they have been and put more pressure, really, on the, on the, on the back the back three slash five. I mean, it's easy to forget, isn't it, that Diogo Jota arrived at Liverpool really as a wide player and has become a centre-forward really under under Klopp. I don't want to say he's a false nine because he's not. He has been playing as a centre-forward, but he's not like sort of the all-action all sort of centre-forward that Liverpool might need to sort of get past certain teams. That's not to say that he won't play a big role in, in, in Liverpool's season. And then behind that, Mark Carey, one of the reporters at the Athletic, did a bit of research and found that a lot of Liverpool's attacking threats and chances have come from wide areas, particularly the right-sided channel. Actually, in the league, it's quite astonishing when you think about it that Liverpool have the fifth worst uh, chance creation rate from central areas of the pitch. So by putting a number 10 in there, whether that be Firmino, maybe even Carvalho, even Salah, Salah I'm sure Salah might be coming into the into the, the, the conversation there. It'll give Liverpool that extra threat in that area, whilst also potentially allowing somebody like Thiago who has played a lot as a 4-2-3-1 to operate a bit deeper where he's more comfortable and give Liverpool a bit more protection against the counter-attack as well with those two sort of holding midfielders. So I think that could be the way it goes, not not necessarily from the start of the season, but at certain points of the season, certain games, you know, maybe in, in mid-game to have that flexibility, like a, a plan B really. But then sometimes I'm sure there'll, there'll be times when they'll go with that as a plan A. Well, they may have lost uh, Mane, but there's still an abundance of riches, isn't there, David, in terms of attacking options for, for Jurgen Klopp? But what, what is the level of expectation for Nunez to sort of hit the ground running? Well, well, I think there will be that expectation because if you think about it, they've, they've got him in early. Uh, there's always that thing about signing players when your pre-season started. So he, he's having his rest now. He's finished his international duty with Uruguay. He can have his couple of weeks, get himself settled. He'll have a full pre-season with Jurgen Klopp. I always stress about how important it is to have 
a full pre-season when you're joining your club, especially the physical demands that Jurgen Klopp demands from his players, really, in terms of sort of running and stuff. So if he can get a full free pre-season, we, we know it's going to be a strange season because there, there no, there's only one international break before the World Cup. So, so normally have this like stop-start bit, you know, where you play a couple, is it three or four league games, international break for 10 days, three or four league games, other international break all the way through to November. But of course, we've only got the one break at the end of September. So there's a real opportunity to get a good concentration of, of, of games, of, of action, to really get them up to speed the way Liverpool want. And I think we'll, we'll go on to this point, which then ties in with that for, about Liverpool really do need to hit the ground running this season if you know if they want to finish above Man City in terms of title race. And of course, Nuneth is going to be central to those plans, really, you know, coming in, hitting the ground running, you know, scoring the goals, getting them settled, making him happy with his surroundings. And I think they can do that because I think there's a, there are enough sort of Spanish speakers there, that, that, you know, and I think you can see that he's... There's the allure of playing for Klopp, really. It was interesting when United were sort of sniffing around. There wasn't even a, a, a conversation as far as he's concerned. No, it's, it's all about Liverpool. It's all about Jurgen Klopp. It's all about trying to sort of win things. It's, and, you know, Simon touched on it there. He, he comes across as that sort of player who, who knows, I'm only 22. I'm only starting out. I want to learn more. I want to be the best I can be and see how far I can take me. And um, he looks at Jurgen Klopp and thinks, well, there's one of the greatest teachers in terms of world football. I, I want to work with this guy. I want to see what he can bring out of me, really. So I think it all augurs very well, really, that he can, as you say, hit the ground running. So I asked that question to David before about perhaps who's got the better deal, Liverpool or Man City. So if you're comparing Haaland and, and Nuneth and the impact they're going to have on the, on the Premier League, what, what's your initial thoughts on who's done better out of the two clubs there? Well, ha- Haaland is... You know, a fascinating player, isn't he? Just in terms of his physique and, you know, he's the biggest lad in the schoolyard, isn't he? He can bully and throw people around any which way he likes. Dave alluded to it there. I, I think he might find it a bit harder than people are expecting to adjust to what the expectations are at Man City in terms of the tactical expectation. You know, it's, it's very intricate, the sort of football that, that Man City play. I actually think that Nunes might find it easier to adjust to Liverpool than Haaland does to Man City. I might live to regret that and he'll bang in a hat-trick on day one. But I'd be surprised if if he just goes in and adjusts to it straight away because it's not the style of football that he's played. You know, when you look at when he was at Red Bull Salzburg and Dortmund, okay, they've got good ball players, but it's, it's a slightly more direct style of football than what City play. Whereas when I saw Nunes for the first time, I just thought straight away he's got that sort of busyness around the pitch. I believe, you know, speaking to people for the piece that I wrote, that he does have areas of improvement, you know, in terms of his defensive understanding. But I just think when you've got that sort of attacking instincts and you, you, you're prepared to run at defenders and, and commit people, he wasn't afraid of, certainly Virgil van Dijk in the first leg. In Lisbon, I was there. I thought Benfica were a poor team and he was outstanding in a very poor team. Like, without him, I think Liverpool would have been, you know, out of sight across the two legs. He made it competitive in the second leg. There were a few occasions, you know, in that second leg at Anfield. I was in the centenary, sorry, the Cercani Dalglish stand, in a decent position there for that game. And he drifted over to the left and he'd sort of shimmy in, a bit like Henri. There's an element of, you know, Torres about him as well. Like, he reminded me a little bit of Torres. It's not a direct comparison, but he's got that sort of matador type, you know, physique about him where he sort of gets close to defenders and just brushes them off somehow. So very exciting. I came away thinking, you know, when you just see a player and you think they should be going for him. I remember I remember phoning my dad after the game, saying he's good that Nunes, they should be having a look at him, you know. So now they've signed him, it's gonna take might take a little bit of time for him to, to adjust them for Klopp to be happy 
with what he gets out of him because Klopp doesn't just dodge players on the goal output. He'll want to see a defensive improvement from him. I'm absolutely certain of that. I remember Mo Salah in his first season when he, he you know scored 40 odd goals. Klopp wasn't actually as happy as people might think because he wanted him to, to contribute more in the defensive from a defensive point of view and give Trent a bit more support. Um, might be different for Nunes because he, he, I suspect he'll play more through the middle. But I just think straight away he's a play- You want to see a player who commits defenders and make you know has the potential to make them look stupid, and he does that. Uh, I'm really fascinated to see how Haaland does at City because I wouldn't have necessarily said that Guardiola would say we have to sign him. I'm not saying that he hasn't said that, but I just I just think he doesn't not naturally make me think of a Manchester City player when I see him. That's not me being critical of him. That's just that's just my impression of the way City play and the way he plays. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Let's have a quick word on the outgoing Sadio Mane or the departed Sadio Mane. And I just wondered, David, do you think Liverpool, did they have the very best of Sadio Mane? Or is there still a couple of years left of him with his highest performances? It's not exactly the same sort of challenge for him, is it? Going to buy in a team that's won the league 10 years on the trot. Uh, I think yes and yes to those questions, Steve. I think Liverpool, I was thinking back like six, six years they probably have got the best one because you've had them from, what, 24 to 30. Although, as you've alluded to there, there's certainly that feeling that he was at such a level that there's got to be at least another two or three years of, of Sadio Mane, you know, doing doing what he was doing for Liverpool left there. And, you know, we, we are being positive about doing this, but, you know, you can't just sort of, oh, yeah, it's okay, Sadio Mane's leaving, that doesn't matter, you know, wish him all the best. Like, like that, you sort of look at him, you can't really replace a player like him because you look at his 120 goals he scored for Liverpool, was it 269 games or something? No penalties. Yeah, that's ridiculous. And of course, you look at the assists, and then of course, it's that that work rate about leading the press, about that the number of times where you just turn over possession just outside the opposition box, where a central defender has the ball, thinks they're walking away with it, and Sadi was in there, nips it away from them, and here we go again. Really, so it, it it's going to be very very hard to replace that, and you can't get away from that feeling of regret that you know he's he didn't sign a new contract, that you didn't get another sort of two or three years, and because. You'd then be thinking, yep, Liverpool could win Premier League and you know Champions League with you know Sadio Mane up front. But I say, unfortunately, the the economics of the situation, and I can fully understand it because he was basic argument is, but look, I'm one of the best players in the world, one of the Premier League's best players, so therefore I want to be paid accordingly. And we all know that means about four hundred to five hundred grand a week. You know, wages. You just look at his contemporaries, his peers. But of course, we know that Liverpool's financial structure means that they can't pay those sort of wages because there's then a knock-on effect. What are you going to pay Mo Salah? What are you going to pay Virgil van Dijk? What are you going to pay Alisson? And it just makes that model unsustainable for Liverpool because they have to sort of operate within the means. You don't have this sort of sovereign wealth fund, you know, bailing them out. So it, it was an impossible situation for them, really. They just couldn't really pay, you know, Sadio Mane what he wanted. And like, you know, to be fair to Mane too, I can get it from his point of view. He just wants to be paid his market rate, what he's worth. And we all know he's such 
does such great work back in Senegal. I think he'll go and buy, build another hospital or something with what he's now going to earn at Bayern Munich. You know, he's not a guy who's like the bling king. He'll be like a Floyd Mayweather. Oh, look at my private jet. And I've now got a fleet of 10 Cadillacs now or Lamborghinis or something like that. There. You know, it's just him sort of wanting what he feels he's worth, really. So it is a, it is a big loss to overcome, really. And, it's, it's, you know, it's a bit like what Sai was saying about, you know, when City going to Haaland or Haaland going to City and sort of change his style. And he's right, Liverpool have to adapt a little bit because... You can't really replace what Mane did with just a player. You have to sort of tweak things a little bit in terms of style, just to sort of make up for it in other ways. Really, you know, that's a sort of you know hole he will uh, he will leave for Liverpool. Proper Liverpool legend, although it doesn't feel like a legend's left the football club. Does that make sense, Si? I, I don't know. Just just given all the other storylines that are going on at the moment, you know, is is enough being made of Sadio's departure? I think the thing is with, with this Liverpool team, and he's been maybe a I don't want to say unfortunate, but when you when you think about the Liverpool teams of the past that have fallen short, there's always been one or two, if Liverpool are lucky, three outstanding players. Whereas I think this Liverpool team, pretty much every player is at a requisite level of football. I mean, obviously they, they won the they won the Champions League, they've won the won the league for the first time in 30 years. So all those players are, are gonna be remembered as legends anyway, you know, but they're all obviously very, very good players. And I wouldn't say you know, I, I'm not saying it's a team that lacks star quality because they're all stars. So it means that maybe one player hasn't got quite hasn't got more coverage than another player. Now people might say, well, Mo Salah gets more more coverage than than, than some of the other players. I mean, for me, I would say that, that the one sort of all time living legend who there is no doubt about this player is going to be remembered as a as a legend of the game is, is Virgil Van Dijk. For me, you know, he's been the transformative player for Liverpool. So, but that's not to say that Sadio Mane isn't isn't a legendary footballer. For me, the best number ten that I've ever seen play for Liverpool, I'd say ahead of John Barnes because I didn't see the best of Barnes in terms of goals and and assists and the impact that he's had. He's had as just as as bigger impact as Barnes. I, I would argue, you know, that I think he's been absolutely incredible. So I think I think it's difficult to talk about these players like this. I think. I know just some journalists saying that he in Africa saying that he hasn't had uh, got the credit that he deserves, but I can only assume that person hasn't been inside Anfield, you know, on a match day when they absolutely adore him. You know, they sing his name all the time. You know, they can't get enough adulation from the crowd. Maybe it's a, an online thing. I don't know, but I mean, the one thing I want to say about him is that there's been a bit of discussion about have Liverpool got you know the right amount of money for the player, and I think it's a fair discussion. But I think a couple of things have been overlooked. A, the player wanted to go. B, he's in the last year of his contract. So that reduces the potential fee that Liverpool are going to get. They're never going to get the maximum amount of fee. There's C, the age factor. You know, clubs will not pay huge, huge sums of money for players that are over 30, which, you know, the reality is that that's the age of, that's Mane's age. And D as well. I mean, think about Liverpool's dealings with Bayern Munich for Thiago, who Liverpool got, I think he was a little bit younger than the Mane when he signed, very similar situation where he had a certain amount of time left on his contract. The player wanted to go and try and do something different. Liverpool actually got a really good deal on Thiago at the time. They actually got signed him for less than, than, than Bayern are going to be getting Mane for. You know, Liverpool are going to be making the money back on a player they've had the six, possibly his six best years on. You know what? I don't think it's a bad deal, really. I mean, people are saying they should be pushing for 50 million. Who was the last 30 year old who, who left for 50 million quid? It just doesn't happen in football. I think it's fancy football, to be honest. So 
I think Liverpool have got a decent deal. You'd sooner the player stays, but he wants to he wants to do something different with his career. So when there's that situation plus his age and all the things that I mentioned, I think Liverpool probably got just about as much as they're probably going to get for that player. It's a shame because he's such a brilliant footballer. I've loved watching him play for Liverpool. I think for me, despite me saying what I said about Van Dijk, I think he was the first big signing that the club made. It had to work out that signing really. You know, it had to. It set the tone for everything else that came. It was a Klopp sign, and Klopp was desperate to get him, and he gave Liverpool that sense of purpose when it comes to the pressing and the aggression that that Klopp wants to see in his team. I mean, he, you know, he scores on his debut against Arsenal, a great opening day goal, which will be remembered forever. You know, unbelievable goal. He just knew from minute one that he was going to be a brilliant player for Liverpool. So for me, a legendary player who should go down as, as as one of the one of the great Liverpool players. I mean there's so many great Liverpool players, I don't know how you you manage to rank them all, but he's definitely in the mix with, with, with the with the greatest players, I I think. Yeah, he's up there, isn't he? One of the most important signings of recent times, Sadio Mane. He'll be, he'll be missed. Let's touch on another new signing, Calvin Ramsey. What, Trent's Trent's backup? How good is he? I've read a lot of things in the past few days that tell me he's an absolute world beater, but he's just going to have to wait his time. Well, what do we know, David? Have you seen him? I haven't seen him, Steve, but I've certainly everything you've read about is very positive. He won the Scottish Football Writers Young Player of the Year, and if you think he's winning that at 18, that's not bad. Like He made, what was it, 33 senior appearances for Aberdeen last season, playing that Europa Conference League, Scottish Premiership. So he doesn't look like he's, he's faced by any sort of challenge. And of course... You look at his stats, one goal, nine assists. So he's obviously somebody who can get forward and put a ball and you know and, and lead to goals. And you can see what Liverpool are doing, really. They, they know they need to maybe somebody else to sort of back up for Trent. You know, Nico Williams is, was out at Fulham. There's talk that Nico will go out alone again with either Fulham or Nottingham Forest looking at him. You know, Jurgen played a lot with you know Joe Gomez at right back when he wanted to give Trent um, you know, a rest. But we all know that's not Joe's position. Joe Gomez is a centre-half, not, not, not like a right-back as well as Joe did in that position. So... Again, just planning ahead, you know, we've seen how grueling this season was. You're sort of looking at it and thinking, well, there'll be times you'll want to maybe take Trent out of the fire line. And it's interesting, the word is that they, they want to send him out alone. They want him to be part of the first team. They want to get him integrated up to speed and playing, you know, you know, a good game, a good go of senior games next season, really. So, all log as well. I know that Leeds and I were very keen on him. They had identified him as well, um, you know, going a few months back. But I think once they knew that Liverpool were in for him, then there was no... Uh, there was no sort of uh, competition there. Really, they had to just sort of back off and let, let them join Liverpool. Uh, one thing about it, though, Steve, it's funny for people of my vintage, they'll sort of remember Aberdeen when they were very, very good in the early to mid 80s. And I was sort of surprised to see that this is either record transfer, this uh, £6.5 million deal, £4 million up front, two and a half million ons, whatever it is. And you think, a club like Aberdeen, and yet this is this is your record transfer for an 18 year old. What have you been doing for the last 40 years, really? But I suppose that's the way life goes. Let's dip onto the, the fixtures for the new campaign. Liverpool start away in London. They finish away on the south coast. I, I always thought, Simon, there was some sort of rule about not not starting away and finishing away, but clearly not. Clearly I'm totally wrong on, on that front. Is, is there anything about the season and the fixtures which stands out to you other than a massive World Cup right in the middle of it? The only thing um, that I did think was in relation to the Champions League. I, th- I think in four... Of the Champions League games, they've got tough fixtures after those games. I'd have to go, I think, remember correctly, Chelsea and Arsenal uh, and City were, were three of them, I think. That's that's how I sort of judge fixtures these days in terms of the, the schedule and how packed they are at certain times when you're playing certain teams. So that was the only concern, really. I mean, you're sort of hoping that those 
those Champions League games that they get are, are going to be either relatively straightforward games or home games, I guess. You don't want ones where you, you, you're either travelling a, a reasonable distance or playing a really competitive team away from home. Although, let's not forget, last season Liverpool sometimes benefit from those situations, really, where they, you know, they get a bit of momentum at certain points of the season. I think they went to um, Atletico Madrid and won, went to Manchester United and, and obviously won that one 5 nil. So it's, it's not the worst thing in the world, is it? The World Cup being in the middle of it, it's just sort of, I still can't quite get my head around it and figure out how, it's, it's going to be interesting to see how the, the, the clubs, which have fewer players going to that World Cup, how they perform over the course of the season. Do you think Sai will add an extra level of intensity as to how important it is to have your finish in a certain place by the end of the first part of the season? So by November the 12th, how crucial is that, that you are in a really good place? Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's going to be fascinating because I suppose you think over a long time now, Jürgen Klopp's been campaigning for more time off at a certain point of the season. Now, some of his players are going to get more time off and he's going to get more time on the training ground with some of his players, but not all of his players, of course. Um, so it's certainly not an ideal situation. Yeah, I mean, you certainly don't want to be in a position where you... You've, I mean, let's, let's have it right. Liverpool are going to be aiming for the title again, aren't they? That's what they're going to be that's going to be the aim at the start of the season to try and win the league. So you certainly don't want to be in a position where you're you're way behind by that point. That said, I mean, let's not forget Liverpool in January looked like, you know, they were way out the title contention and they proved this season that, you know, they they're more than capable of, of rescuing that situation. Uh, nearly, nearly anyway. So I'd be surprised if Liverpool put themselves in that position really. This year, I just see City and Liverpool being very close again. I can't really separate them. They've both done similar things in the transfer market again. You know, City going by Haaland, and I was thinking—I mean, I, I was thinking Liverpool are going to have to do something to sort of to prepare really for the fact that Mane, Salah, Firmino are probably all going to leave at the same point. And the, you know, they've over the last six months they've signed Diaz. Let's not forget Diaz is a new signing who's been an you know incredible buy so far. And obviously now Nunes has come in. So I just think it's going to be really fascinating to see um, those two teams competing with one another again because I just can't see any other teams just really getting close to them. Well, you look at the games with City, they're the ones you're drawn to straight away. So Anfield, October the 15th, and then the Etihad on April the 1st. And of course, if they got a result in either of those fixtures last season, David, that would have taken them to the title. But the same could be said for the other two in the top four. Because Liverpool just seemed to get draw after draw against Chelsea, Tottenham, yeah. City. So it's not just the draws with City that were the problem last season. It's the draws against the other two in the top four as well. It, it was, Stephen. I would even widen that and just say it was a draws full stop because then you, you, I would chuck into the mix drawn at home to Brighton when you're 2-0 up, 2-2. Uh, drawn away to Brentford when you're, what, 2-1 up, 3-2 up and... That's why it's so important for them to, to start well because I think I alluded to there. I think the fact that Liverpool made the title rest so close in this in the second half of last season after basically let's be honest a Christmas turn of the year had gone. It should have been a procession for Manchester City. The fact that Liverpool battled back so well, if they can take that sort of momentum into the first half of the season, then that really will set it up sort of quite nicely because it's a strange thing with Man City winning leagues. Really, basically, if they're going to win it, they win it. They're out there from day one. They're winning games. And they don't usually blow up. Whereas if you look at the season when City don't win the league, there's usually the blown up in sort of October, November. It hasn't happened. It's almost like they then give up and they leave it to whoever it would be, like a Chelsea or Liverpool to win it. And so 
they don't lose title races. If they're going neck and neck with someone, they don't lose it. Even chuck in like um, a famous season ten years when they beat United on the you know the final seconds and stuff. You know, like they've they've pipped Liverpool three times in the final day. So I think it's it's a fight Liverpool. You know, start well. You know, e either keep it up. You know, pace with them, or even you know, nudge it ahead, as you say, Steve. It'll be like a, like like you have in Germany or France, where we're going to have winter champions. Whoever's top on November the twelfth will be the winter champions from almost like the first segment of the league. And I think that will be psychologically important because you then got like four or five weeks to go away and think about it and base the rest of your season on that. What do we need to do? And that, you know, it won't just be like a normal you know international break where it's okay with sort of games to go and stuff like that there, and then. This sort of nuttiness then when they all resume then on Boxing Day, like in full steam ahead, you know, game after game after game. So it, you, you're right, it's fascinating to see how this unique season sort of affects the teams in different ways, really. You know, who's sort of going to cope with it the best, uh, you know, almost like two little sort of league campaigns, which will be sort of merged into one. But as I say, if Liverpool start well and just maintain that momentum that they had from the second half, I think it's going to be very, very good for them. I think they'll go very close if not win it. And of course, just to finish on, Sal, there are a couple of players who aren't in the World Cup. So Mo Salah, Luis Diaz, absolute crying shame that players of this quality and calibre aren't on the world stage. I just wonder how they'll they'll feel for that period. Whether Jürgen might be happy that they're getting the rest. I suspect quietly he will be. <laughs> um, it'll be interesting, as I said, what, what, what he does, whether he says, well, you know, go and spend a week or two, 10 days, you know, away with the family. That's what... They've done quite a lot over the last couple of years. The, he's, I think, when he came to Liverpool, he saw those international. I wrote about this just before the Champions League final. Actually, he saw those international breaks as a as a opportunity to drill his players. But he's realised over time, or he realised very quickly actually that, you know, it, it's it's better, particularly in the second half of the season, to give players time off to to sort of re refresh their minds. I suspect he'll give them a little bit of time off, and then they'll be back in. I mean. It, Playing your first game back on Boxing Day, it's going to be have a very different Boxing Day feel to the games, I'd say. I mean, I think the players might be a little bit as lethargic as some of the fans after a heavy day drinking, maybe, on, on Christmas Day. Because the Boxing Day games are usually, aside from the early kickoff, are usually quite, you know, sort of tempestuous and competitive, real test of, of the team's um, durability in the course of the season because they'll have had so many games usually before Boxing Day as well. but. I think from Liverpool's perspective, having Diaz and, and Salah away from the World Cup is a good thing. But, I mean, Salah, I think it really did affect him last season when, um, as the season finished, you know, the, 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 the twin blows of not winning AFCON and then not qualifying for the World Cup. You know, that, that's another thing that, you know, people perhaps forget. You know, obviously Mane is going to the World Cup. That'll be something for, for Bayern to deal with now rather than Liverpool. Yeah, he should been absolutely superb. Uh, there's loads of stuff on the site at the moment. Fab Four of Famous Five. Uh, Kiva's written on that. You can check out Size Piece, which is up today. Why Liverpool signed Nunes and how Klopp might switch to a 4-2-3-1. Um, all sorts of bits on there. The £8 million signing of Calvin Ramsey. Well worth a look now. So if you head to The Athletic, don't forget, uh, you can get a special price if you want to subscribe. Just a pound a month for six months. If you're not a subscriber already, you can read everything on the site. If you head to theathletic.com forward slash Liverpool pod, a pound a month for six months, that's at theathletic.com forward slash Liverpool pod. My thanks to David Anderson and Simon Hughes. Another great red agenda. And we'll see you next time. Goodbye. <laughs>